everyone, and welcome to Genocide News Now, a weekly news update from the Anti-Genocide Coffee Break, a multinational podcast. I am your host, Lexi Poston, and you can find us at www.lemkininstitute.com, as well as on Patreon, Spotify, and iTunes. All of the news and action items mentioned in today's podcast are available on our website. Now let's dive into the news. First in our news coverage, as Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine takes on increasingly genocidal dimensions, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is determined to hold Russia accountable for the Kremlin's actions. Ukraine has filed a case against Russia with the International Court of Justice, claiming that Russia has been misrepresenting and falsely accusing Ukraine of genocide in order to excuse its own aggressions. Ukraine argues that these false allegations to justify Russia's invasion are a direct violation of the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. The recent conflict began on the 24th of February when Russia invaded Ukraine, and Russian President Vladimir Putin justified its invasion with false claims of stopping an ongoing genocide of ethnic Russians in Ukraine, specifically in the Donbass region. Such claims of genocide theoretically could have given President Putin and Russia the moral high ground, casting the invasion as a humanitarian intervention. However, there's no evidence to substantiate Russia's claims against Ukraine. The International Court of Justice's jurisdiction over enforcing the Genocide Convention makes this the best option for pursuing a legal remedy against Russia. President Zelensky has repeatedly denounced Russia and President Putin for their misrepresentation of the word genocide, and has accused Russia of committing genocide following the bombings of several hospitals in heavily populated civilian areas. President Putin continues to defend his decision to invade Ukraine with false allegations of genocide against ethnic Russians. President Putin's manipulations of the term genocide to justify military invention are cynical and irresponsible, but they're not new. President Putin himself accused the United States and NATO of doing the same during the 2011 intervention in Libya, an intervention that ended up exceeding its United Nations mandate by pursuing Libya's leader, Muammar al-Gaddafi, and effecting regime change. Given the recent radicalization of Russian attacks on Ukraine, including the use of banned weapons and attacks on hospitals, President Putin's accusations that Ukraine is committing genocide seem to be projections of his own intent towards the Ukrainian nation and its people. In other news involving the International Court of Justice, we have an update on the ongoing case of the Gambia versus Myanmar. In November of 2019, the Gambia filed a lawsuit with the International Court of Justice against Myanmar, stating that Myanmar's treatment of the Rohingya minority from the Rakhine state violates the Genocide Convention. The Gambia aims to use this case to hold Myanmar accountable for the genocide of the Rohingya Muslims and to attempt to protect the Rohingya minority from further destruction. The Gambia has already been successful in arguing for the International Court of Justice to grant provisional protections for the Rohingya, meaning that Myanmar is legally required to prevent future genocides. From February 21st to February 28th of 2022, The International Court of Justice held public hearings where they heard preliminary objections from Myanmar. Myanmar raised four objections in the preliminary hearings, and the Gambia responded to these objections. 
We now wait to see if the case proceeds to the merits stage of the International Court of Justice's process. We now move to Ethiopia for our next story. The ongoing violence and the conflict between the Ethiopian government and a rebel group called the Tigray People's Liberation Front. This conflict has unfolded over several years, and in November 2020, the Ethiopian government moved the Ethiopian military into the Tigray region in an attempt to put an end to the rebellion. The Tigray People's Liberation Front has since regained the Tigray region and have moved further into the Afar and Amhara regions. A February 2022 Amnesty International report entitled Ethiopia, Tigrayan Forces Murder, Rape, and Pillage in Attacks on Civilians in Amhara Towns documented widespread mass atrocities committed by the Tigray People's Liberation Front against Amhara and Afar peoples. To date, at least 750 innocent civilians have been killed or executed in the country's northern regions of Amhara and Afar. The Ethiopian Human Rights Commission has recorded widespread abuse, including gang rape, torture, and enforced disappearances during this conflict, committed particularly by Eritrean forces, Ethiopian government forces, and the Tigray People's Liberation Front. These crimes amount to war crimes and possibly crimes against humanity. And in some cases, such as Eritrean violence against Tigrayans and the Tigray People's Liberation Front's violence against Amhara, the atrocities may even amount to genocide. The United Nations Human Rights Council has decided to initiate an independent investigation into the human rights abuses, which the Ethiopian government opposes. We now turn to Brazil, where there are widespread protests happening over the new laws that protesters say would be detrimental to the environment. The National Congress of Brazil is scheduled to vote on five newly introduced bills that many in Brazil are calling ecocide. If passed, the bills would escalate the deforestation of the Amazon, greenlight commercial mining on indigenous lands, and relax regulations regarding pesticide use. The bills have been moved forward by Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro's government, which has never refrained from airing its disrespect for the indigenous population of Brazil. The protests are being led by Brazilian musician Caetano Veloso and are being joined by other celebrities who believe that the future of Brazil is hanging in the balance with these new laws. Thousands of Brazilian citizens have come together to protest these bills and to compel the Brazilian government to protect the environment from further harm. Our last news story comes from India, where the Bharatiya Janata Party of Narendra Modi held on to India's most populous state, Uttar Pradesh, following elections on the 10th of March. This win for Prime Minister Modi's party contributes to growing concerns of violence against Muslim minorities living in India. Experts are worried that a genocide directed against Muslims is likely to occur in India soon. Genocide Watch founder Dr. Gregory Stanton has warned that there were early warning signs of genocide present in India. Muslim minorities in India are constantly harassed and attacked, and there have recently been calls for mass killings of Muslims by right-wing Hindu nationalist groups. Dr. Stanton, who predicted the Rwandan genocide in 1994, urges Indian officials to take these concerns seriously as they are legitimate threats that should not be ignored. Under Prime Minister Modi's Hindu nationalist government, India has become the most dangerous country for Muslims and Christians. 
a summit consisting of over 20 organizations and individuals, including the Lincoln Institute, came together in February to discuss the potential genocide in India. The summit, India on the Brink, aimed to bring international awareness to the situation in India and encourage discussions about the future of India. To take action and make an individual difference on these issues, please visit our website, www.lemkininstitute.com, and view our list of resources on our Take Action tab. We will be updating this section with resources and active ways directly related to our news on the Genocide News Now podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we hope you tune in next week.